Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh. oh the the horror. horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to oth at seriouslydecent.com. So, hey, we're recording on Valentine's Day. So, we are. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Hey, super appreciative that you woke me up at midnight to yeah. wish me a happy Valentine's Day. That was, that was so nice very sweet you and were... thoughtful and considerate, and I wasn't at all sleeping. You seemed very happy at the time to receive such news. You know, I was. Um, I hadn't even been thinking about it, to be honest. And, and, and for everyone to understand what happiness truly is, happiness is, hey, Jen, what? <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. Like I said, I was asleep. Yes, yes. I remember shaking because you scared me awake. <laughs> Because it wasn't, hey, Jen, it was, Jen. Yeah. Because I knew you were sleeping. Yeah. I knew you had to wake up. Yeah. You know, so just... um, that did it. That worked. Yeah. And we've kicked off the day. It's a great way to start the day <laughs> at midnight uh, it's all in love. bed. It's all, it's all love. <laughs> all love. So um, before we start, we would like to give a thanks uh, to not only our listeners in the States, but also the international listeners. Yeah. Welcome aboard. We hope you like the show. Welcome we to our party. Yeah. It's fun here. Yep. Yep. We talk about weird, odd, random, mm -hmm. sometimes horrific things. Sometimes. So that's fun. Yeah. yeah. No, we'd like to thank the folks in Russia, Canada, Philippines, Australia, yep. Germany. Mm-hmm. And our recent explosion from India. We hear uh, you've got some awesome news. I hope I don't butcher the name of the publisher, but I believe it's pronounced Ghana. And we learned recently through our host that English-speaking podcasts have been released on there. And we've seen you all checking us out. So welcome. Hope you like us. Hope you like us. If not, you got a ton of other podcasts to choose from. <laughs> exactly. You'll never hear any other podcast uh, market themselves that way. <laughs> no. We got our own thing here, folks. You either fall in or just leave. That's yeah. It. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. So what do we got going today? Uh, we are talking about my absolute favorite. least favorite thing oh. that has ever been. Let me ask I, you. I can't even say invented. Would, yeah. would you rather, what's least favorite? Being woken up at midnight. To receive a happy Valentine's wish or our next topic. What's worse? Oh, this. Oh, yeah? Ouija boards. Oh, Ouija yeah. boards, folks. They're, uh, they're the big losers in this round. Put the car in park or drive or whatever you want to do and get ready for Ouija boards. Buckle up because yeah. it's, it's not going to be a fun ride. <laughs> well, it's going to be a blast. Sure it is. I think this topic's great. Um, I really do. I referenced, again, the Encyclopedia of Demons and Demonology 
by Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And no offense, Rosemary, but I will be ecstatic to never have to open your book again. (laughs) (laughs) The, the, the bad dreams, the, um, I'm way closer to God now than I think I've ever been. So that's fun. Um, I also took a trip through um, Wiki, and then I got I got into a weird internet. Like it's I don't, easy. I don't, it's I don't easy to like. Do. I just fell into it, and I I can't even reference where I was. Could be Reddit. <laughs> could be I, I I don't know. Like it was an actual site. Yeah. But um. I don't know the site. <laughs> I no, I went through uh, a variety of sites. Uh, you know, the usual kind of wiki, Smithsonian, uh, you know, and then I did the same thing. I kind of dove into some other places. If if people are really ripped about it, I can search my history and let you know where it is. So I mean if if you're really that passionate about it, let us know at OTH at seriouslydecent.com, <laughs> send us an email. And we'll give you the full list. However, when I get uh, to where I spiraled, yeah. I'll let you all know. It's just a simple Google yeah. search, and you can go down the same spiral well, it, and rabbit hole that I yeah. went down. I just me doing direct co- quotes. That's yeah. where I kind of those were the two, three major sources I went. Got through. it. But, so we will kick this off as always with a definition. So Ouija is a registered trademark for devices to interface with spirit communication. (laughs) Interface, because, you know, you use that all the time. Sure. It consists of a board with the words yes, no, goodbye, the 26 letters of the alphabet, 10 numbers, and it includes a three-legged planchette or pointer. So good times. Yeah. So... Before we get ripping right into Ouija boards, mm-hmm. I think it would be best to do a precursor of the Ouija board. Because let's be honest, the Ouija board's a divination tool. Yes, essentially. And with that being said, there was a lot of divination tools being used before the Ouija boards. It's not like the Ouija board broke no. ground here. No, they are not groundbreakers. And um, we're talking just for fact of the matter, divination tools being like reading tea leaves, writing with ashes, mm-hmm. automatic writing, things of that yeah. nature. This palm is, reading. Yep, palm reading, tarot, tarot cards, cards, all of that. It's considered, all the good stuff. Considered divination tools, and the Ouija board capitalized on that idea. They did. And it's funny because the Ouija board has its bumps in sales mm-hmm. right after a major war. Yeah. Because it's loved ones trying to communicate with that's their That's usually deceased. the primary driver, yep. which we can get into that later. But I think it would good be a, times. a good idea to get into the precursors and the history of how we, how got, we got to <laughs> how we got to the Ouija board. Yeah. So... Um, In Greece, around 540 BCE, Pythagoras was said to have a divination tool, and it was a table that rolled on wheels. They, Pythagoras and his assistant, placed their hands on the table, and it rolled toward signs and symbols, which sounds a whole lot like like the the Ouija board. Well, and that's the thing is the Ouija board date. So, dude, Pythagoras, the thing you did wrong was you should have trademarked it. Mm. 
They yeah, probably didn't even have that. Is this then. the same Pythagoras <laughs> with a squared plus b squared, squared equals, equals c, c squared? squared? Same dude. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just going to say, I think the latter was a better contribution than uh, this one here. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> um, the forerunner to the Ouija board um, was the planchette, and it's French for little board. It was triangular or heart-shaped. It was a pointer on three legs, and it made its, its appearance in Europe in 1853. And it's usually credited to M. Planchette. And one leg was a pencil, which wrote words and pictures in response to questions, i.e. your automatic writing. Yeah. And it was popular with spiritualists and was used in seances for automatic writing. It was mostly the seance settings that would yes. these tools would come out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So Native Americans had a type of talking board called uh, Scudelect. And um, spirit writing, or fury, was first practiced in China 1,500 years ago. It involved a suspended stick, apparently guided by spirits that wrote Chinese characters in ash. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's fun. That's, <laughs> that's good times. So it seems to be most... Places, most cultures had some type of divination tool or whatever. And it was my understanding that the reason they got away from the automatic writing is, wait for it, spirits don't write neatly, so they couldn't read what the spirits were conveying to them. Another (laughs) the need for the board. Well, and another thing I heard, because again... Get ready for this because this one's good. Impatience. What? Yeah. No. They basically no. They didn't like the idea that you had to wait for a letter, a knock, <laughs> and then wait for a letter and a knock. Forget the fact that you're communicating with the dead, which yeah. you think, you know. Yeah. Which in and of itself, let's just talk about yeah. how extraordinary that is. Yeah. I Seriously, do they not know how to spell? Why is it taking so long? Oh, my God. Can they Get knock faster? The point. Can they knock faster? <laughs> They're spirits. Yeah. 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 That's like airplanes. Everybody just <laughs> griping about airplanes. It's like we're flying through the air, eating peanuts and having whiskey and Cokes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if this doesn't do it for you, I'm sorry. Yeah. You used to have to get in a wagon, go across the, the country. Half of your family would die. You would lose most of your possessions. And when you got to where you're, you were going. Yeah. Maybe you well, could live there. I'm even saying today, like you ride a bus or a train. Yeah. Like a bus and a train yeah. takes forever. You oh, know. so long. But at least you're not driving, you know. <laughs> no. Could be walking. Oh, so my yeah, gosh. I heard that, that uh, the big claim to fame with the Ouija board was they were just tight. It's it, so fast. It took so long where this is just, you know, it's just, it's quicker. It's right there. Yeah. The board is small. It's not too big, so yeah. it's not like they have to go a long way. To and get I don't to have their to listen letters. to knocks or anything. They no. just drive it right yeah. to the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so where does that leave us at this point? That's me. That's you. Okay. Tell me what you got, Thunder. Well, well, basically, that's kind of the the bit where we're going in the 19th century in America. This large obsession with the spiritualism's kicking off, and there was this large belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. Mm-hmm. And it drives from that need that you were talking about where at this point, I think the average lifespan was 
I was like less than 50 then. Yeah. They would do these, uh, these attempts to contact spirits at seances and do automatic writing, table turning parties, and participants would place their hands on a table and witness the table shaking and rattling and... I think we should do an episode on spiritualism because I really want to get into the table turning. Oh, yeah. No, there's a because... lot of meat and potatoes in those <laughs> stories. I mean, it's... Uh, I know I've read some pretty horrific stuff in the yeah. last three weeks, but table turning yeah. was not at all horrific. Yeah. And I found it quite entertaining. Yeah. I think it was that that day and era. I think that was that t- that era's paint and sip yeah right (laughs) (laughs) um so we're just gonna retire to the parlor we have our very special table and our guest medium and and let's be honest they were drinking you know i mean no uh, no they were perfectly sober yeah and there were no shenanigans it's america no no one's sober in america that's (laughs) no probably not so basically you had a lifespan of less than 50 and then also you just had kind of tragedies at every corner you'd have women dying during childbirth Mm -hmm. incredibly common Mm -hmm. disease Mm -hmm. just common and there wasn't a whole massive medical movement. You had the fever. Oh, no. If you were sick and you had the fever, you were going to die. Yeah. It, well, let's just say you know. the odds weren't good. No. Even if you got injured, yeah. the odds weren't good. But if you had the fever yeah. in the 19th century, yeah. oh, no. Bye. Yeah. What is Sally <laughs> Mae going to do with those four kids in that farm all by herself? Wait, before you No go, one's going to want her. Where's the will? Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't think they had time to even do a will if you're, if you're living Pro- that. Well, probably not, you mm-hmm. know, now that I think about it. But also you had the loss of life during war. It's civil yeah. war, a lot of people dying. So this brings on this massive attempt to communicate with the living, mm-hmm. you know, or bring this belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living and try to try to do it. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want that last moment to... Yeah. To speak to someone, I get it. Yeah. And America was largely affected with this as the Fox sisters of upstate New York, the Fox is claiming to receive messages from spirits. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that got the channel. Yeah. And uh, these spirits would knock on the walls in response to questions. Yep. This is about like 1848. This is where you're getting the knocking and, and all yeah. of that stuff. And and the movement brought on the attempts to contact spirits at seances, and you had these these parties, and mm-hmm. and it it got Didn't all the way to the eventually end up in theaters. Yeah, they the did Fox theaters, sisters. and they did all mm-hmm. that stuff, and it, and eventually all this. I'm not saying the Fox sisters, but this idea, mm-hmm. and this is where my head just kind of explodes with the way how things were then versus how things are now. Yeah, and Mary Todd Lincoln. Yep. Wife of Abraham oh, yes. Lincoln yes. would conduct seances in the White House mm-hmm. all the time. Oh, yeah. She was a noted spiritualist. Yeah. And a lot of it started for her. Uh, it was an attempt to contact her 11-year-old son. Son that had died in the White House. Of the fever. Remember Haunted Houses, episode one? Yeah. And he died of the fever, quote yep. unquote, uh, in 1862. Mm-hmm. So... I just laugh when I hear that. Because could you imagine if the first lady, any time in the last 20 years, was pulling seances off. In the White House. In the White House. 
how how would that be received? You know, uh, let me check my schedule. <laughs> I have a seance in the White House on um, Friday, and I have brunch with <laughs> with, the, with the sisters for uh, ch- children that need homes, and you know, just go through all this yeah. list. And yeah, but I can't do that other <clears throat> one. We got a we got a seance going on then. Yeah, no, yeah. the seance supersedes so. everything. So then, uh, you know, people were desperate to connect with loved ones who were gone. I get that. And they started becoming frustrated with calling out the alphabet and waiting for knocks. Yeah. So then someone comes up with an idea. As I like to say on the show all the time, see a need, need, fill a need. need. Didn't you steal that from robots? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So. <laughs> Which is one of the greatest films ever. Yes. It's uh. Yes. So... This starts bringing the background of Ouija board. Correct. So Ouija's mysterious origins. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, no one knows exactly where the inspiration originated or who was the first to produce it. It may have been the idea of a coffin maker, E.C. Reich, living in Maryland in the 19th century. The inspiration was in the spiritualism movement and table tilting, and he wanted to create a device to talk to the dead that wasn't a heavy table. He teamed up with two friends, Elijah Bond and Charles Kennard. At some point, Reich dropped out of the picture. So, the Kennard Novelty Company began manufacturing the Ouija board in 1890. Dude, 1890 was when they came up with this board. Holy cow. Yeah. And it isn't clear if Kennard or Bond started the company or if it was a partnership slash joint effort and later each claimed to have been the founder. Shocker. Yeah. The patent for the Ouija board was registered in Bond's name in 1891. So the name is also suspect. In one story, Kennard was given the name by a spirit while using the board. The spirit claimed it meant good luck in ancient Egyptian. Another story says Reich thought thought of the name. Originally, it was sold as a device for talking to spirits, which angered mediums who feared they'd lose business. Though successful early, it was short-lived. In 1892, it was lost in a hostile takeover by two of Kennard's own financial supporters, the brothers Isaac and William Fuld. That same year, the patent was registered in the name of William Fuld. So, the company's name was changed from the Canard Novelty Company mm-hmm. to the Ouija Novelty Company. William Fund reinvented some of the board's history, claiming the credit for the invention. And he said Ouija really was from the French and German words for we and ja. Now, so, I like the earlier explanation he had just from a pure marketing perspective. Yeah. Where he got the name from the board using the board. Yeah. Yeah. And that just shows where this guy's thinking, you know, (laughs) if I'm going to push this board out, not only do I know it talks to the recently deceased. Yeah. But I also got the name from the recently deceased. Yeah. People at that time were probably like, well, that's a pretty cool name. You know? Yeah. So it's not that we and Ja are French and German for yes. Yeah. No, it's ancient Egyptian. 
Mm. It means good luck. Because who the hell? Because everyone who uses it has such great luck. Well, and who the hell could prove that it was ancient Egyptian back in 1890 freaking one? <laughs> yeah. So the new company faced several competitors who had jumped into the market. Isaac manipulated the financials and was fired by William. He then changed the company name to the Baltimore Talking Board Company. Isaac set up a rival company called Oriole and began marketing a near-duplicate board. And in 1910, William added a clear plastic window to his planchette. Mm -hmm. So the brothers entered into a legal battle for, they say control of the patent, but let's be honest, it's custody over the Ouija board. Yeah, right. So William won. So Ouija, the mystifying oracle, soared in popularity during and after World War I as thousands of bereaved attempted to contact the spirits of soldiers killed in the war. Fold claimed to not use the board, though many believed he did. The company ran into federal tax trouble. William had not been paying taxes as he believed the Ouija board was a scientific device and qualified for religious tax exemption status. The federal government, however, considered it a sporting game, which was confirmed when a federal court ruled as such. Fold appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. This went all the way to the Supreme Court. When I was reading that, I couldn't get over <laughs> yeah. that it went all the way all to the, the way. highest court in this country. This stupid board <laughs> went this all the way to the Supreme Court. That talks to the dead. Or not Suppose talks to, opens a, a channel. It's a sporting game. Well, and that's the thing is, <laughs> like the first patent offered no explanation no. as to how it works. It no. just asserts that it does. Yeah. That was, I thought, pretty interesting. They were just like, yeah, no, it does. It's well, okay. in 1922... The Supreme Court upheld the lower court ruling, and Ouija has been a game toy ever since. Mm. So by the late 20s, the Ouija board fad was declining, and in 1927, Fuld fell from the roof of the company three stories to his death. Just his, fell? Just trip and fell? Well, you know, he was up there. Yeah. I bet he wasn't using the board at all. Probably not. Nope. And, well, here's the deal. You know, if he was using like the board, sweeping. if he was <laughs> using the board, they probably would have said, look, you might not want to go up to the roof right now or, or tomorrow. Um, hey, stay away from the edge of the building. Stay yeah. in the center. Yeah. So yeah. in 1927. But it's weird. He mysteriously died that way. Yep. We'll just, we'll, we'll glaze past. 1927 that. is when he fell and his sons, William and Hubert took over. And in 1966, Parker Brothers of Salem, Massachusetts, of the Monopoly fame, yep. purchased the trademark and rights, and it's marketed as entertainment. However, currently it is um, trademarked by Hasbro. Yes. So, good times. There are two theories for the sources of the answers. These are great. Yeah. One, it's just your subconscious, and mm -hmm. it prompts the hands on the planchette to spell out the answers most desired or two it's real entities that are contacting yeah. these people yeah. and most of which are negative personally i submit they're all demons and they're just lying and claiming to be a loved one or to be a good spirit yeah in order to get your trust so that you continue to use the board mm -hmm. and 
you continue to open up that portal. Portal. Well, no. Essentially, by using the board, you're inviting entities to communicate. It gets back and you're to the, offering an opening. Yeah, you're granting them the permission. It gets back to the demons demonology podcast yeah. we had before, where yeah. it's they need the permission. They need mm-hmm. the permission. So I, uh, yeah, I basically. So I basically at at this point, this is one of them things where I straddle in between the concepts of what science says which is mm-hmm. the unconscious. Yeah. And the other side of giving the invitation, the, the yeah. spiritual end of it. Yeah. The, you know, the spiritualism side of it. Yeah. I I really kind of split in the middle of this one. Mm-hmm. Normally I'm pretty hard stanced on on where I sit. Yeah. On a lot of things. But this is those one those those moments where it really could be either or. I think or at this point where we are and that's what I think. Yeah. I think it's a combination of both. Before I get into the whole scientific explanation of this, it was funny. Do you know how much the Ouija board was when it first came out? The price to acquire one? I remember reading it, but I didn't write it down. It was $1.50. Yeah. So for $1.50, you too can sell your soul to a demon. For the for the Ouija, the wonderful talking board. Yeah. 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 For buck fifty. Yeah, I don't know what it is now. It's a lot of money then, though. Well, it... Should have been. It should have been more. So what science kind of says, not kind of, they're firm on this stance with the Ouija board. They've had a lot of tests with it. They say the mechanism that actually powers the board is known as the ideomotor effect. And this is basically an effect of an example of unconscious involuntary movement, Mm -hmm. physical movement. So basically we move or react when we're not even trying to move or react. And when I was reading about this, I heard one was a really lame explanation of it. Mm -hmm. It's like when you watch a movie and you start tearing up. (laughs) And I was like, no, that's not really an involuntary reaction. No, you are vested in the story. You're vested in the story. You have an emotional attachment to it. Yes. And that emotional attachment, whether it's happy or sad at some point gets to a point where you can't handle it anymore. Yes. And you're crying. Because I'm going to say when I watched that Doctor Who yeah. season finale. Yeah. That I knew but full you, well I was. You had a box of Kleenex next I, to you I watching that show. I knew it was show. going to happen. Yeah, you knew you were going to yes, cry. And I, that's why I, I was left, emotionally vested in all of those characters. And I left you alone there because I didn't <laughs> yes. even want to get near that. I didn't want to get near that well yes. of emotion. But that's I unconscious. I live in a glass case of yeah. emotion. But that's how, that's unconscious. And yeah. that's where I I got to preface the fact I, I love scientists. Yes. I really think they're doing amazing work they with things. Are. But let's just cut through the cake and be fucking honest here. Yeah. They're not very common sense related. They're and not. they get lost in theory and they, they get do. lost in, in concept. And, and and trust me, those are the people we need in science. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying this to be mean or no. bitter or anything. We need someone that can be lost in that concept and lost in that theory and right. just zero one, zero one, zero one, on off, on off, whatever. You know, yeah. but like that, that was an explanation. I didn't paraphrase that. That was from an actual scientist What's doing research on is this. Is that they got paid to do that research. Yeah. And if they printed their paper with that, yeah. no wonder. 
No wonder science doesn't want to look into anything mm-hmm. paranormal related because yeah. that dude got paid money to say, oh, well, you well, know. I just look at, and that's the thing is like, I look at that when, when I read that, <laughs> I read that I first, and you, you're going to know this from me, just period. I instantly looked at it from the person funding the yes. program. And How I'm like, could you not be and pissed? I'm just sitting there like, all right, what if I, what if I gave this, this scientist a hundred grand or, or even more. Right. And I'm in eager anticipation to get this paper. And that's and what you get. And this whole thing is based off of, well, it's kind of like when you watch a movie and you cry. What? I think <laughs> I would have had a lot more respect if I were the person f- footing the bill. Yeah. If I handed you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And said, hey, let's get to the bottom of this Ouija board thing. Yeah. Well, If you came back to me and you said, we have run every test imaginable. Yeah. And- we can't conclu- conclusively say one way or another. We we still don't know. Well, we can't account for that's it. That's kind of where I'm getting at with this this whole trip. I would have had a lot more respect yeah, yeah, for him. Yeah, but to of... tell me, well, you know, it's like when you watch a movie and you cry. Yeah. Give me my money back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's here's where it gets interesting. So the other example that I read that a little better okay. was if you're in your sleep and then you just like shake up awake. Like your body shakes up awake. Okay. That's your subconscious. Yeah. You have no control movement, over that. Yeah. Creating movement. Okay. Now, so what they're saying is, is your, your subconscious alone is doing that. So what they're saying is, is this is that the ideomotor is like that fine line when you're awake and conscious, but your body's subtly unconsciously doing things. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. So like but, the wizard in the Wizard of Oz, mm. you know, you're... Subconscious and unconscious is the man behind the curtain. Right. You pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Yeah, your subconscious is behind the curtain, and yeah. stuff's going on. Now, what's funny is, is the spiritualist mm-hmm. or the the religious type would say, "Yeah, that," and that's where I think the divide is here on this. Is the that person will say, "Yes, the subconscious is at work, but something else is working with it." Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the divide is on all that. So what they do basically in this whole bit of your your unconscious doing this is it's creating an experience that would feel like communicating with something paranormal on them. They're saying that this ideomotor mm-hmm. effect does that. Mm-hmm. And they also speculate the less control you think you have using the board implies the more control your subconscious mind is actually exerting. Right. So when someone approaches the board... You're not thinking of anything. You got to clear your mind. Mm-hmm. You're saying that actually gives more, get ready, poor permission or an invitation to do this subconscious act with the board right now. I mean, and this is basically what we're talking about of having other powers yeah. influence you. Yeah. But the doctors are saying, or the scientists are saying, no, that's not another force. That's just your subconscious. Basically saying you're your own worst enemy. Okay. Okay. Sure. So they believe that a ghost or spirit should be able to direct the planchette to spell out messages without any assistance. Now, if you talk to someone who's religious, they say, no, that's impossible. It's not how it works. They need the spirits need the invitation to do that. 
Yeah. So this is again where you have science. It's still on one side of the room. Right. And you have the spiritualists and the the religious type that are on the other side of the room. And this doesn't still bring anyone together. I'm going to say this. And reading the stories of people who have used the Ouija board, it is not uncommon for shit to go down, everyone to take their hands off the planchette, and it still spell things out and move well, on the board. And that's where that's where I'm turning a page to that a little later. So explain so, that science. So what they started doing with these is they what they would do is have uh, these tests where it's also they wouldn't use anything with the letters stuff that I read. It was all just yes or no questions, which I think is stupid. It is stupid. Just going to say that right off the bat. I think it's, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of that testing method. Now, if somebody knows of a different method that was used, please contact and I'd I'd love to read it. Yeah. Send it right to OTH at seriouslydecent.com and I'll read it and and discuss it further on the show. However, you know, it was things, uh, participants were asking, you know, a series of questions is Buenos Aires the capital of Brazil, where the 2000 Olympic Games held in Sydney. That type of stuff. You know Who paid for that? So, because again, if I was the person that no. paid for that, I would be like, yo, here, I bought you the damn board. <laughs> I want you to sit in a room with some cameras. No, exactly. And I want you to video you people using this damn board that I bought you. Yeah. No, don't be doing this. But this yes, is where no. again, this is again where scientists become their worst enemy yeah. because they, well, all right, we have to do a, a a known control with things that we know the answer of and and things like that, and uh-huh. that's how this, you know. All so, right. and Whatever. then what they do is get tunnel vision also yeah. because they say, all right, and I, honestly, this is where I think science is starting to go the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Is they. This is probably how this whole thing started with this. I bet they were sitting around. They go, you know what this is? This is IDEO motor. Yeah. So if we prove that IDEO motor is what's going on with the Ouija board, then we could just say that it's IDEO motor with the Ouija board. That's like me looking at you and you have the sniffles. And I go, you know what? I bet you got the fever. (laughs) You know, so let's do all these tests to prove that you have the fever. Yeah. When you might have appendicitis. Right. It's trying to get the evidence you know, to fit And I know your science theory. does that, yeah. but the fact is, is they're not doing it with this. Yeah. I, there's no, th- there was nothing that I read that showed that they didn't have any other explanation. Yeah. It's just, oh no, it's ideal motor. It's just ideal motor. Don't worry about it. Sure. And, okay. And they were, they did some things that were pretty interesting. They were told, uh, they got participants and they were told that they were playing with a person in another room via te- uh, teleconferencing. But actually, it was a robot. Okay. And the robot, yeah, they were <laughs> the robot mimicked the movements of the other person. So, in actuality, the robot's movements simply amplified the participants' m- motions. So it didn't have separate movements; it just mimicked the person's right. motions, kind of exaggerated a bit. And the person in the other room was just a ruse in a way to get the participant to think that they weren't in control. That was the whole point of having this other thing in a teleconference. The whole point of the robot? Yeah. So what the team found by doing these stupid questions of the Olympic Games being held in Sydney, yes or no, and all that, the team uh, were surprised when participants were asked verbally to guess the answers to the best of their ability. They were right only 50% of the time, a typical result for guessing. But when they answered using the board, 
believing that the answers were coming from someplace else, they answer correctly upwards of 65% of the time. Now, this is, again, where I'm going to go nuts over numbers. That's only a 15% It's increase. a 15% bump. Yeah. It's called luck. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And that stuff drives me. You think you've got me. a little bit more luck. Yeah. And they were saying, oh, it was so dramatic how much better <laughs> they did on these questions than if answered to the best of their ability that we were like, yeah. oh. So much better. A whole 15% yeah. better. It was so dramatic. We couldn't believe it. You know, and they were saying that, you know, it's this, the, the non-conscious is a lot smarter than anyone knew. Give me my money back. And yeah, and I'm thinking <laughs> as someone funding this, I'm yeah. like, what the hell are you guys doing? And yeah, you know, people look at, that's where numbers get weird because they say, well, it was 50%. Then it went up to 65%. Yeah, but it only went up 15%. Yeah. And let's just say it was 10%. For just to ease the numbers. No, but if you had a thousand people, it's only a hundred. Yeah. And I go back to the whole thing when any, anything's 10% or less and everybody makes a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're in a room, a hundred people mm-hmm. and one person being 1% or five persons being 5% mm-hmm. or 10 being 10% were some sort of a threat to you minimally. Yeah. Do you care? No. Because the fact is, is you'll hop in a room full of 100 people, and you know what? There's always that one drunk at a party that snaps and loses it. Right. And you don't care about him. No. You're not going crazy saying, no, I'm going to skip the party. It's it's a weird, weird bit. So now here's a shocker. Oh, there's more. The robot, unfortunately, proved too delicate for further exper- experiments. <laughs> yeah, because the yes or no's were just too steep for the robot. Uh, so we're great. Yeah. But the researchers were sufficiently intrigued to pursue further wheezy resource. Cause Hey, the money's coming in. So they, they tried another experiment and this time, rather than the robot, the participant actually played with a real human. Mm-hmm. And at some point the participant was blindfolded and the other player, basically like a Confederate quietly took their hands off the planchette. Mm-hmm. See, you're blindfolded. Right. And then at some point, I'm taking my hands off. I'm blindfolded and my hands are still on. Yeah, and I and, take my hands off. But I'm still just yes and no one. Well, yeah, right? it didn't really get into the yes or no stuff, but I would imagine they stayed stayed on that. But here's here's what they were what they were finding. When the person non-blindfolded or just one of them took their hands off the planchette, This meant that the participant believed he or she wasn't alone, enabling the kind of automatic pilot state the researchers were looking for, but still ensuring that the answers could only come from a participant. And the scientists were like, it works. Some people were complaining about how the other person was moving the planchette around. Mm -hmm. So like you were saying, you know, stop moving this, which is the same thing that people do when when they're non-blindfolded and they have other people who are like, you're moving that. It's like, no, I'm not. And they were saying that this is a good sign that there's this condition that people are convinced that someone else was there and their results replicated the findings of the experiment with the robot. Mm -hmm. The same thing. And that people knew more when they didn't think they were controlling the answers. So it was 50% accuracy for vocal responses versus 65% for the Ouija board responses. And they reported findings in, uh, this is like 2012, it was in uh, like consciousness and cognition. 
And what they were saying was, is that you do much better with the Ouija boards on questions that you really don't think you know, but actually something inside of you does know. And the Ouija board can help you answer above that chance. So that's what they were saying is okay. that it's this tap into the unconscious. Yeah. And and this is where they say this could be a u- a useful tool. They're talking about how they might use the board to help out to get early diagnosis of like Alzheimer's and stuff like that. This is how what the research goes to. Now, you don't have to worry because they didn't get that far because um, for the moment, the researchers are working on locking down their find- findings in a second study and firming up the protocol around using the Ouija as a tool. However, they're running against the problem. Funding. Shocker. Oh, huh. <laughs> I can't believe nobody would want to Sh- fund that. Shocker, yeah. And all the work they've done to date has been volunteer, and uh, it's this wow. Rensink guy. Um, you know, I probably should give him credit for taking a dump on him here. but uh, No, let's not. Yeah. Well, I like to be open-minded with this stuff, and... And this, Here's a thought. This guy, Rensink himself, is paying for some of the experiment's costs, and they're also looking into crowdfunding. And um, Now, you get the, uh, the, the medium side and the spiritualist side and the, the religious side. For people who participate on this type of medium, none of this stuff matters to them because they're faith-based, and they believe their faith, their belief, and their love enable them to believe they communicated with the departed. And this mm-hmm. is where the where I was getting at before talking about all this, where just the whole room divides in half. Yeah. And you have science over here saying, you know, well, your subconscious is a lot more powerful. You're doing it. And then you've got the other half of the room And you got the other half of it. It's like, it's spirits. It's spirits. And my faith tells me so. And my faith believes in that. And that's been going on forever. Yeah. I, yeah. I would love to see if science can pull their way through this, but, but here's where I think two things could be true at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think this often, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the he said, she said, or he said, he said, she yeah. said, she said, where yeah. you have the one person's story, you have another person's story. And, and the somewhere truth is in the somewhere middle, in the middle. Somewhere in the middle is the truth, that saying. X-Files, the truth is out there. Well, yeah. <laughs> don't get me started on X-Files. It's my I mean, favorite show they couldn't the spend 25 bucks and go buy a stupid board? Well... And this is this is where I get into the part where I think science is missing the whole boat here. Yeah. The whole boat is this. The scientists seem focused on the whole question and answer end with the yes or no results. Right. And why the planchette's going over there. Yeah. And not only is why is it going over there, is it going over there in an accurate way or not? Mm-hmm. And I get with the science, you got to okay. start somewhere. Yeah. All and right. I get that. I really do. However... The part that's freaking everybody out is the weird stuff, which gets back to what you were saying yeah. earlier. Yeah. And I don't see science testing this stuff. No. And it gets to the point where you you know, when I'm talking about the weird stuff, let's inform people that might not be too in the know. familiar yeah. in the know with Ouija boards, is the weird stuff is the stories of people using Ouija boards and experiencing strange phenomena after the usage. Or sometimes uh, or during. during. Yeah. The weird stuff is like stuff happening in homes that had no prior activity. Yeah. People lived in these homes for 20 years, mm-hmm. 30 years, or yeah. 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then they bring this thing in. Yep. They do their little deal. 
Mm-hmm. They put it back in the box, and then all of a sudden, shit's all hell breaks shit's loose. Shit's going yeah. weird. Yeah, it's activity happening at the time of the sessions mm-hmm. or after the sessions, mm-hmm. and this is books flying across rooms, fireplaces blowing out, flickering lights, and not just individual instances, but multiple occurrences at the same time. Yeah. So, like, the fireplace will go out, and then, like, yeah. books just come flying out of a, a bookcase yeah, or whatever. Yeah, all hell breaks loose in the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Closet doors violently swinging open and slamming loudly against yeah. door frames. You know, just stuff that the wind's not doing and right, that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. And this is where we're going to get into some Ouija board stories because what Why else not? would we do at Oh the Horror? Exactly. Is tell some stories. So and, it's funny. Go oh, ahead. what's that? Go for it. No, go ahead. So I have one story, and I know you got a, a few. I do. And this story I just found awesome for me, not awesome for them. <laughs> but yeah, and it's just I, a, let's just preface this. Yeah, it's rarely awesome for the person experiencing. Yeah, our and story. And I don't want to mock anyone's no. misfortune or, no. or stories. You know, I I really feel bad if this stuff is happening to you. Our prayers Super are with sorry. you. Yeah. Our prayers are with you, and 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 we really hope things straighten out. Yes. However, this guy was talking a story. He says my cousin started a fire in my grandma's basement. Now this just gets to the board not even being used. Yeah. No. There's a a, a cousin starts a fire in his grandmother's basement. All the games, including the Ouija board, were under a sofa down there. Mm-hmm. Everything was incinerated. The sofa, all the other games, there were ashes, and the Ouija board wasn't even singed. Yeah. Not a mark on it. Nope. And we still have it in the original box, also not singed. Yes. And this was over 23 years ago at the time this person's writing this down. Yeah. This is, yeah, we don't really play with it. All the adults are scared of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think rightfully so. I don't scare much over over anything. No. But if we had a fire like that, yeah. and I was just pulling ash out of all over the place, and the only thing that's there is yeah. a Ouija box with the game, all pieces intact, no singe marks, no yep. burn marks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not. And I'm out. Yeah. This thing is going out of the house. That's where I got to laugh. What's where they're like, oh, it's still here. You know? There are several stories of people having an issue during a session with a Ouija board and then being like, fuck this shit, taking yeah. the board out of the house, yeah. putting it in the in putting it in a wheelbarrow and trying to burn it or yeah. putting it out in the yard and trying to burn it or just putting it in the garbage and the board mysteriously just reappearing somewhere in the house. Yeah. And now this is the this is the bridge that I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. And everybody's cool with Bigfoot. Everybody thinks, well, you know what? I think 90 to 99% of the stories might be untrue. You know, like the real yeah. cynic. But here's the thing. I got to laugh when people say, well, yeah, 90 to 99% of those stories ain't true. Well, that means you're still saying it's true. Yeah. Now, if you think everyone's making this up. Yeah. That's a hard bridge for me to cross, mm-hmm. especially when you have so many stories. And I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. A lot of people tell these stories to get attention. Yeah. And I mean, we're really like, I'm sorry. If I heard a thousand stories, I'm believing 
that 99% of those are probably frauds. Mm -hmm. But again, I got to straddle the fence and say those 1% might be true. Well, and if it's just 1% out of a thousand, yeah, you're now dealing with a good chunk of stories that are true. Yeah. And what are you going to do with these? And that's where I think science steps over itself as well before we commit totally into the stories here. Yeah. Is they're trying to look for this every time thing. Mm -hmm. That's where science really just shines. Yeah. Is, you know, you hit the button, the light turns on every single time. Mm -hmm. You know, you got someone on the planchette because, I mean, they were amazed that 65% was using the board versus 50%. Right. Not using the board and just doing verbally. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're amazed by that. Yeah. Why can't you be amazed by 1% of stories of this shit being actually real? Yeah. Where are you when the shit's going down? Well, no, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. And that's where I get where science, I said this back in haunted houses. This is tough for science because the amount of money that it cost mm -hmm. to find 1% of something, that's expensive. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of, it's a lot of work to find 1%. Mm -hmm. Let's just say it's 1% or 5% or 10%. It's a small amount. Mm -hmm. And it just shows how, 10%, I'm going to say over and over again, is meaningless because they don't even want to pursue it. Right. It's too much money. It's too much time. Too much effort. And they could do all that and still come up with nothing. Mm -hmm. Rather, they're okay with spitting up a thing with a robot and saying that yeah, it's like- Yeah, because, you know, they didn't waste any money you know, making that robot. Yeah, you know. Because robots are super cheap. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't understand it, it's kind of like when you cry watching a movie, you know. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. All right, thanks. Whatever. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. So, so what story do you, uh, do you have? So funny story. Love funny stories. I was sitting with my mother yesterday. Yeah. And talking about the podcast, which I found out she doesn't listen to. No. So that's awesome. Well, you could say anything you want now. Exactly. She's not going to hear it. <laughs> so and I told her, I was like, well, then I wasted my time wishing you a happy birthday on the podcast because yeah. you yeah. didn't. And she's like, oh, I should probably go back and listen she's to it. Gonna... I was like, yeah, hey, thanks for your support. She... Anyway, <laughs> she's like, so what are you doing next? And I go, well, we're doing Ouija boards. And she goes, ah, I had a blast with the Ouija board. And I go, really? Yeah. She goes, ah, yeah. I would sit down with with. Her sister, my aunt, mm -hmm. she's like, and I would just move that planchette all over things. I was spelling people's names. I didn't even know who they were. But boy, my sister sure knew who they nah. were. And she was believing everything I was saying. So I'm just sitting there going, there you go, science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom, proving your case. Yeah. However, I have found several incidences where it's not my mom. Yeah. And here we go. So I went down the rabbit hole on this particular topic, the Zozo demon. So mm. apparently this Zozo demon is pretty, I don't want to say common, but he appears in Ouija board sessions like a lot. Featured prominently? Oh, I, yeah. Uh, or is it more a cameo appearance? That's I a <laughs> He's more than a like. I'm gonna say he's the supporting actor. Okay. Like he's not the leading man, yeah. but he is the supporting actor. Got yeah. Don't know if he wins a Golden Globe or bridesmaid, uh, but never the bride. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe he could be. Who knows? Sure. So it all started in 2009 when this dude Darren Evans 
wrote about his experience with the Ouija board demon, and it was on like um like a message board. Oh, okay, yeah. And hundreds of other people also claimed to have contacted him as well through these Ouija board this sessions. Same this same demon, demon, really? the Zozo dude. So in Evan's account, he'd contacted Zozo several times across multiple states. He sometimes pretended it was someone up or pretended he was someone else. Mm. And then it would pretend it was someone else, but it always made itself known. And his tales go back at least 200 years. So Evans told his story on 324-2009 on a True Ghost Stories forum mm. online. It was the first time um, the first time he ran across this demon. The board was frantically spelling out Z-O-Z-O-Z-O-Z-O in repetition and like repetitively, frantically. Yeah. Just it, it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't go anywhere from the Z and the O. Yeah. And he spewed obscenities in what Evans thought was Latin or Hebrew. And Zozo was accused of attempting to drown Evans's one-year-old daughter who was taking a bath at the time. And Evans was able to rescue her from the tub. She was taking a bath. And Mm. when he found her, she was under the water. And he pulled her up and she was gasping. So... The second time, he was not able to prevent Zozo from giving his daughter an infection, and it sent her to the hospital. And there are a lot of people who are saying it's possible. It's all just bullshit. But all of the stories are similar. And someone sits down to play with a board or a resemblance of one. Yeah. uh, Or using the Ouija app or a made-up board of paper. And at first they think they're talking to a deceased relative and it will be uh, startled at how much the spirit knows. Then suddenly the arrows will fly between Z and O, Z and O. And that's when the threats begin and the board spells out obscenities, blasphemies, and promises to drag one's firstborn to hell. Wow. So the oldest Zozo story comes from the 1816 book Dictionnaire Infernal by Colin de Plancy, a young girl claimed to be possessed by three demons, one of which was Zozo. He could be derived from a Mesopotamian god who was known to be the ruler of the demons. Further, a symbol etched out a similar name as a code for the god Saturn in a banned occultist book in 1521. Later, it was copied by Led Zeppelin as the symbol for their guitarist, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Page. So, personally, I used uh, a Ouija board just a couple of times and by a couple, three times. Yeah. Once was in elementary school at a slumber party. Once was in junior high slash high school. And then the other was in college. The planchette always moved when I put my fingers on it. Mm -hmm. And... When I was, you know, in elementary school, I was accused of moving the planchette because, you know, there were a lot of times nothing happened. Yeah. And nothing would happen until I put my fingers on the planchette. And that's when I realized for some reason I seemed to have a connection to the board. And that's when I was like, nope. Yeah. I'm out. See, I never used one. Well, when I was younger, 
And I had plenty of I'm going to say elementary school and junior high. I remember it being brought up, but everyone saying, they sell this in the store. It can't be bad. It's just a stupid toy. It's right next to the part cheesy. Yeah, exactly. You know, checkers, Ouija. Yeah. It's all in a day. And I was like, all right, yeah, just a bunch of kids sitting around just bullshitting, killing time. All right, sure, whatever. And I remember always wanting to talk to someone, you know, like my grandfather who passed away when I was like six or seven. Yeah. And I was always like, you know, I wish I had had one more chance, Yeah, you know, one more chance to talk to him. Mm -hmm. So I was like, if this really is true, yeah, maybe I could get that one last chance. Yeah. And it wasn't until I watched The Exorcist because the girl in The Exorcist, Exorcist. became possessed yeah. after playing with the Ouija board. And that's when I was like, that movie scared the bejesus out of me. It's a scary movie. Yeah. And I foolishly decided to watch it by myself at home during a storm in a house all by myself. It was dark. And I never prayed more. In my life, yeah. because of all of the movies I had watched, I was like, yo, man, being raised Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. being possessed by a demon, 100% possible. Yeah. So I'm watching this movie as, yo, this could happen. And the catalyst for it in the movie was the Ouija board. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, I, I get Hollywood. They make up their own rules or whatever. But What's then I was like, you know what? Why take the chance? Yeah. So that's when I stopped. So that's going to bring me to my story story. Gotcha. The exorcism of Roland Doe, who was the boy that was the inspiration for the book in the movie, The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. In the late 1940s, priests from a Roman Catholic church performed a series of exorcisms on a boy identified as Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim. The 14-year-old boy was born around 1935 and was the victim of demonic possession, the events of which were recorded by an attending priest, Raymond J. Bishop. Roland was born into a German Lutheran family. In the 1940s, the family lived in Cottage City, Maryland, then moved to South Africa. Roland, an only child, depended on the adults in the family for playmates primarily his Aunt Harriet, and she was a spiritualist who introduced Roland to the Ouija board. After her death, the family experienced strange noises, furniture moving independently, and objects levitating when the boy was near. So the family turned to their Lutheran pastor, Luther Miles Schultz, for help. Schultz arranged for the boy to stay with him overnight so that he could observe him, And Schultz claimed to see household objects and furniture moving by themselves and told the boy's family to contact a Catholic priest. The boy then underwent a number of exorcisms. Edward Hughes, a Roman Catholic priest, conducted an exorcism at Georgetown University Hospital, a Jesuit institution. It is alleged during the exorcism that Roland broke a hand free and broke a bedspring from under the mattress and used it as a weapon and slashed the priest's arm, and the exorcism was halted. They traveled to St. Louis, where Roland's cousin contacted one of his professors at St. Louis University, 
Bishop, who spoke with William S. Bowden, an associate of the college church. Together, they visited Roland in his home, and they allegedly observed a shaking bed, flying uh, objects, and the boy speaking in a guttural voice and exhibiting an aversion to anything sacred. Bowdern was granted permission from the archbishop to perform another exorcism, and it took place at Alexian Brothers Hospital in South St. Louis, Missouri, which was later raised. So before the exorcism, another priest, Walter Halloran, was called to the psychiatric wing of the hospital and was asked to assist Bowdern. William Van Roo was the third Jesuit priest who also was there to assist Halloran. And they stated that the words evil and hell, along with other marks, appeared on the boy's body during the litany of the saints portion of the ritual. The boy's mattress began to shake and Roland broke Halloran's nose during the process. After the ritual, the boy went on to live and lead a normal life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the father, oh, was it Father Armworth? The Amworth? Amworth. Mm-hmm. He was the, like the big up in mm-hmm. the exorcism, the training of priests for exorcisms. And yeah. Performed many of them throughout his, uh, his lifetime. He was asked how the exorcism movie compared to real exorcisms. Yes. And he said that, Take all the Hollywood stuff out. Right. Like the the pea soup and the yeah. like the shaking and the shuddering. And mm-hmm. he said, but like the darkness of the film. Yes. And the family struggle. Yes. And all that he said is very, very accurate. Yes. Also the accuracy of like when the priests would get involved and the change in the environment and things yeah. like that. He said the movie actually did a good job on that. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, and that's the tough part, though, is he said those extreme cases, and even, like, the demonologists that I've read right. that They're seem rare. to have some pretty credible stories. They all say in their lifetime, and a lifetime meaning 20 to 30 years or more mm-hmm. of doing exorcisms, exorcisms yeah. they only have a handful of those type of stories. Yeah. So a lot of it is the, the minor type of stuff mm-hmm. but but they don't rule out yeah the things moving you know a lot of it is shuddering and stuff like that yeah. they do account for that but what do you think after talking about all this and and getting a in a deeper sense of all this what do you think's going on with the Ouija board honestly i think because there, let's let's be honest. Yeah. There are people who use the board with no occurrence. Yeah. So I know your subconscious plays a part. Yeah. However, there are a number of stories, people who are experiencing truly terrifying events in their home, when an investigator or a demonologist sits down with the family. It is not uncommon, as a matter of fact, it is pretty common that someone in the family has been using the Ouija board without the other family members mm-hmm. knowing. Mm-hmm. Or with the family members knowing, but again, because this is on the shelf right next to Checkers and Parcheesi, yeah. you know, they're not making that association 
that a game could bring that much terror Correct. into yeah. their lives. Well, that's where the demonologists that I have been reading about in the past, they say that 90% of the, you know, so like you have 100% of the cases that come in. Yes. And they say the majority of those cases are fraud. Yeah. They come right out there open with yeah. it. We touched this on yep. demonology yeah. a bit. Or demon, yeah, demonology. And he said, but of that 100% that you've now trimmed all the chaff out. Right. The the 100% of real cases that they approach. Yes. They say that a high percentage of those, I think it's something like 60 to 80%. Again, it's not 100% scientific. But, yeah. But they say the majority, over 50%, are people that use these type of divination methods. Yes. Seances or anything of that well, the Warrens you know, said four out of every 10 of their cases yeah. was directly related to someone in the family using a Ouija board. Yeah. And I think that's pretty, that's pretty telling. Well, and that's- They the, say 100% of their cases have to do with someone in the family practicing the occult. Yeah. Now, and, now do you think this? Do you think that the Ouija board itself calls- something in from afar or does it just stir up something that's already there again just your opinion i think it could be both yeah if you happen to be an area where all of the conditions are there for a, a spirit or an entity to be there or even poltergeist activity if you're not doing anything to awaken that, that can stay dormant for years. Yeah. Like the Warrens say, you can move into an infested home, but if you are a positive person, strong faith, and you're, or, you know. you're, they don't even say you have to be strong in your faith. Well, and I mean strong you just in have faith, to just be like not um, in a religious sense, but just. A strong, strong spiritual in who you are, faith. or yeah, just you yeah. know, just a positive person that it will never manifest. Yeah, it's when you give into those negative things, those negative feelings, or the negative emotions. And I can tell you, when I was with my ex, every time we would get into the verbal arguments, and it yeah. would just be just in the midst of it. That's when our poltergeist activity would happen in the home. Yeah. That's when the the clock would fly off the wall or all of the kitchen cabinet doors would open or all of the chairs would pull back from the table. Mm-hmm. And anytime, like since we've been together, there's been like zero emotional turmoil and really nothing has happened. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm on the side of this with Ouija boards and pretty much in general, again, I think it's that invitation to a different area. Right. Because, for example, like you talk about people arguing. Mm-hmm. This is a common statement you could toss at anybody. You generally know when you walk into a room and it's not going well. You can Even feel it. Even if no one yeah. says anything, you yeah. can just feel the cold. You don't have to have anyone tell you yeah. when shit has gone down in a room because you can cut the air with a knife. Oh, yeah, no. You can and, feel that tension. And I feel that's a, a production of bad energy, so to speak. Yes. Because you can walk into a room 
it's going to be a horrible analogy because it's not really in common with it, but it's like the smell of sex in a room. You know, I mean, yeah. like it just has that smell. You just you know, know. You just know. Yeah. You know. But a lot like, of that is. And I'm yeah, out. And a lot of that is smell and, yeah. and other things. But I don't know how many times I've walked into a room with, and it's typically couples or something like that, where you walk in and you're just like, okay. Oh, you know, right. And yeah, and yeah. your initial feeling's right. And then you're basically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're. You're confer- you're confirming your your initial belief because the silence continues yeah. and there's the looks and, yep. and all that. But for for many that are kind of attuned to their own what people would say common sense or mm-hmm. or just social skills and, yeah. and things like that, I think you just can feel the energy of a room sometimes. You yes, know? you can. Some of it's or lack obvious. Thereof, yeah. yeah, some of it's obvious where you walk mm-hmm. in and the energy's high and everything's great and it has all this visual and auditory right. stuff that's working but there's other times you walk in and you're just like wow it is a hundred percent just empty in here yeah and and i think i think that's something we're able to create we are we can create that yes. and i think these type of divination tools create again and it opened me a lot when we were doing demons and demonology it opens that invitation to go into there well, it presents then, an opportunity. Yeah, and now an opportunity is made. Yeah. And that's where it's where I like the Christianity view of it. Because the Christianity view says, look, if you don't give anything to this, right. they have no power. Yes. And I get other areas do that, but just Christianity is an older, yeah. well-documented yeah. you know, And they've idea. been very outspoken. And they've been very outspoken about it. Yeah. And you can see where they get nitpicky on certain things that people think should be acceptable or whatever. because. Right. They just look at it as, well, sometimes things are a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with everything it says, but the, but there's things that they say that if you give this invitation, you're going into it. And that's like bad thoughts. Yeah. If you give bad thoughts an invitation, they'll consume they you. They will take over. Yeah. And we were talking about that last episode mm-hmm. where, you know, if you let that coworker in that has just neg- negativity. Creative director Dean. Yeah. He's got something to say about that. Yeah, he's saying speed it up. That's well, a, but I'm going to say this. I just, I just look at that coworker that you bring that negativity in. It, it'll start consuming a different part of you. Yeah. And that's where but I, you have to let it in. I elaborate with like depression. Mm-hmm. I really, in my whole experience with it, if you let that in, it's going to rule you. It will, yes. It's going to rule you to the T. And I look at it the same way as like using a Ouija board where you think you have this board, it's a separate experience and you're not really touching your own emotions and feelings and things. I think when you're using a Ouija board, you got to ask yourself, why are you using this thing? Some of it is blazing enough to where it's just, oh, I just want to see what happens. Right. But you have someone, you know, and I bring your example up Mm -hmm. that you were talking about earlier where you had a very specific intention. Yes. And you had that board to separate you from what you were truly experiencing was loss and the ability yeah. to get one more chance with a loved one. Exactly. You know, unfinished businesses like people like to say. And you you were consumed with that. Now, yes. this is again where science, I think, and in, in spiritualism meld together because mm-hmm. now you're giving kind of your unconscious the gift or the permission to do whatever you need done. 
Well, I'm going to say this. Every time I used the Ouija board, I never contacted anyone I knew. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm getting at is... And I'm also going to say, I never had a negative experience. Yeah. I remember using the board with with one of my childhood friends. And she's the one who actually had the board. And I, I remember being apprehensive... Yeah. And we didn't play very long, and and you know it was getting a little weird. Yeah. But nothing. I don't remember it being negative or crazy. Yeah. I just remember us closing out the session and just doing goodbye. And I think we did it one more time at her house, or she wanted to, but I was like, eh, whatever. As someone who never had a negative experience with a Ouija board, I will never use a Ouija board. I don't want to have one in my home. I don't want anyone that I know and love to have one in their home. Yeah. And why take the chance? Well, that's where I was at with a kid. Because I remember I had plenty of opportunities when I was kids. And a lot of it with kids, it's funny. You know, it's the, it is the teenage or younger thing. You know, does this person love me? Or am I mm-hmm. going to go out with this person? And it brings up that type of stuff. That's usually, I would bet that's probably half of the usage of that. To a certain degree. Yeah. But I remember when I was a kid and people would be like, hey, you want to mess around with the Ouija board? No, no, I don't. Yeah. You know me. I'll try anything twice. Yeah. And if it hurts me, I might try it again. Yeah. But I always listen. You know, I always heard that. Well, it's a porter to hell type thing. And people are like, oh, well, that ain't true. Do we really want to take the chance on that? Yeah. You Even know? if there's a remote possibility. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> My brother and his friends used a Ouija board. Yeah. And he came to me and because they they were doing like a question answer Mm -hmm. thing. And it wasn't yes, no scientists. (laughs) Uh, And this was when he was in high school. He had just broken up with his longtime high school girlfriend. He had just had appendicitis surgery. He was Mm -hmm. he was at the time looking into going into the Air Force. Yeah. And they asked a series of questions to the board. And one of the questions he asked was, what is the name of my future wife? And it spelled out Amanda. Weird. And then he asked, you know, well. Did he know her at the time? Where is she from? No. Really? And the board spelled out Texas. And he's sitting there with his friends and the school that he would have gone into if he had gone into the service was in Texas. Yeah. So they're like, dude, you're going to meet your your future wife yeah, in yeah. Texas. So that's some so coincidental stuff. Fast forward colliding. many months later, and he starts dating an Amanda. Mm-hmm. And they're hanging out, and they're they're talking more and more. And he learns that... Her father had been in the service. Yeah. He was actually stationed in Texas, and that's where she was born. And Amanda is now my sister-in-law. Yeah. So yeah. my brother's like, well, the Ouija board prophesied. Yeah, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your sister-in-law. And how, if we're going to go on the subconscious route. No, it's true. There's no way my brother would have known. Yeah. 
Well, and that's where, I, like I said earlier yeah. about the science like, stuff. Like he it's didn't like, even know who she, she didn't even exist to it's him It's like what they should have done also in that control group is ask random questions yeah. of things that aren't known. Yes. And then yes. reach back to them and say five years or whatever. Exactly. And say, so did this come true? You know, now, you did this session. I, I will say yeah. the board was not apparently so accurate with other yeah. members yeah. Yeah. of the party that asked questions. Yeah. But I mean- I think there's something to be said. And here's the thing. If something as benign as that mm-hmm. could happen, yeah. you mean to tell me the nefarious things also couldn't happen? Yeah, yeah. And that's why I told him. I was like, I understand you haven't had any bad experiences, but don't. Yeah. It's it's evil. It's a portal. And I'm going to tell you, I, it's not even like I was in the midst of church at that time. I was in the midst of, you know, deep diving into Wicca and what that was all about. Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to tell you, even in Wicca, they're like, yeah, no, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah. No, I, that's where, especially going through demons and demonology. Yeah. I look at it as, this is my personal opinion of it. Nothing else to back it up than my opinion. I think that's a demon at work to establish trust. That's exactly what that was. Because you know, because then there'll be a next time. Yep. And you know, there was and the a next, next time. No, for and them. that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. is like a next time someone will come and be like, Hey, I was the one that helped you out with all that. Exactly. Look at how well that went. And they you know? always say and that in the beginning, the whoever they're speaking to, whoever their spirit guide is, is yeah. super friendly, yep. super knowledgeable, knows a lot about them. Well, like and I said in warns demons. them, hey, you got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You've got to close the session because yep. a bad guy's coming. Yeah. And a lot of them don't. Well, and when they don't close out the session, guess the, what? The dam's Shit open. happens. The dam's yeah. open. People want, mm-hmm. you know, curiosity kills the cat, literally. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where, you know, I mentioned in demons and demonology as well. The person who wants to mess you up is not going to come. It's not going like, to show up like a demon. Yeah, it's showing their true nature. No. You know, and that's where we brought up like Ted and Bundy. And I'm going to say this, even people, yeah. even people who are looking to to take control of you yeah. aren't going to show their true colors Oh yeah, yeah. right out of the gate. They're going to build trust. Yeah. They're going to be genuinely charismatic. Well, that's like the spouse. And the next thing you know, you're hiding in the bathroom with a steak knife. Yeah. It's the honeymoon phase. Yeah. It's not just with couples. <laughs> no. It's the honeymoon yes. phase and everything. You know, yes. everybody everybody comes out selling them. It's like a job interview too. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. go into a job interview, you're selling yourself pretty damn high. Exactly. You know, it's basically like the top of your bar. Yeah. Most do over it, you know, and that's, exactly. you know, I've conducted a lot of interviews and, you know, you see people, it's like, look, no one does this. So yeah. I just don't see you being this amazing all the fucking time. Just sorry. I always liked when I interviewed people, people that were actually kind of truthful and like, listen, I, I hit the strip clubs pretty pretty frequently. And I'm not saying like, look, I'm going to be, don't always tip my bartenders and my waitresses. (laughs) And I don't always leave really good tips. And I do kind of sometimes say some pretty shitty things. Yeah. Or the person that just says, look, they're not going to tell you that. There's not going to be a person that shows up for a job interview and says, look, I'm going to be late half the week, every week of the year. 
Listen. Yeah. That's is our is our like start time like written in stone? Yeah. Like, like if I have to be here at nine, do I have to be here at nine? Yeah. Or or like is, is it, it negotiable? Or do I have to be here at ten of? Or is it okay if I'm here at ten after once in a while? Is it okay if I'm here at ten? You're not gonna hear. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna hear that person. No. And then it's funny because that person gets the job when yeah. you want someone to be timely. Yeah. And they're not there, and then they won't get rid of them. And that's what I'm getting at is it's the same kind of concept with this. The wolf is not going to show up as a wolf. No. It's going to show up as your sweet old grandma. Grandma. Yes, you know, exactly. And and establish trust and establish all those things. And yes. like we mentioned last episode, Ted Bundy, he didn't go around. He didn't come at you with his yeah. knife. And the thing was, <clears throat> he loved that power. He yes. loved that ability that yes. he could just grab somebody Get yes. that trust, yeah. get it going, and then smash it into a million pieces and do it over and, and over, over and, and over, over again. again. Yep. It's a total narcissist move right there. Yes. I laugh when people now on social media are talking about how, well, this is the ideas of a narcissism. You know, everybody's expert on narcissism oh, yes. now. And, yes. and it's not one thing. It's no. this combination of, of building yes. trust up, getting someone that you can maneuver around and manipulate, but also have the power to destroy them at any time. Yes. And that could be physically like a Ted Bundy, or mm -hmm. it could be mentally where someone's just trying to manip manipulate you into a certain area and crush you and yeah, you know, destroy it's what, you. It's to get whatever yeah. they want and or need from you. Yeah, and that could be just ruining you. Yes, yes. And the real serial ones, that's what it is. Yes. It's ruining you. Yes. Because they feel so special inside <laughs> But out of that tangent, yes, I, I think, uh, yeah, with Ouija boards for me, it's, uh, it's the invitation to whatever's around waiting to pounce on you. Yes, and it could exactly. be inside you. Yes, it could be outside of you. Yes. it could be from someone else. Yes, I, I Why think that's give it relevant. A chance? Yeah, I think that's relevant. When I was a kid, I just, yeah, I didn't. I had enough stuff going on at home, anyways. I didn't need the extra baggage that the portal of hell would offer me. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to say this. There are stories where you don't even have to be using the board. You just need to be in the room. Yeah, yeah. Just being in the room can make you a target. Yeah, yeah. That's... And why take that chance? Yeah, no, thanks. You don't have to. So, we're getting near that time. We are. Yeah. And we made it through Ouija boards. We you, did. You did great, babe. Thanks. And happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> you jerk. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hey, thanks for that. <laughs> you can tell here that we're way into Hallmark holidays. That's a. Uh, and, yeah. and, and Valentine's Day is our absolute yeah, it's favorite. Our, it's our Super Bowl. Yeah. So. Yeah. What do we got next? Because I, I speak of Valentine's. There's a very sweet couple that we're going to be talking about. We are. We're yeah. going to be talking about the Valentine's of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Yes. We cannot wait to bring that couple to the podcast. I can't we're gonna, wait. We're going to get done. a session. <laughs> we're going to get two other mics and we're going to call Ed and Lorraine in. Oh, that'd you know. be great. Yeah, we're going to we're going to go we're, we're going to go that extra distance, we're gonna, you guys. We're gonna, I'm going to put my Ouija board issues yeah, aside. We're going to totally and... contradict everything we've been saying <laughs> and we're going to do all of it. We're going to do some automatic writing. Yeah, to get you a better podcast. Yes, yeah. we will yeah. make those sacrifices for you. Yeah. No, no, we're not. No, we're, no, we're not. We're going to do some reading. Yeah, we're going to read gonna, some books. We're going to write some notes. I'm going to read another book and, and we're going to write down some 
or maybe a sad poem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then we'll share it with you. That's yes, uh, yes. So have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic week. Yes. We love you all. And make good choices. Yeah. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>